0: Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, May Fourteenth, Twenty Twenty. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr., and joining me is Tim Ma Fine Gettys. Once again, Bless.
1: Whenever dude. it's me and you, it's a big news day. Things big popping news day, out man. left and
0: right. We got breaking news up to the minute, going live. Yeah, dude. I'm like, I literally was working on the doc literally 10 seconds ago, <laughs> trying to fit stuff in because it's a big day. A lot of things happening. A lot of things happening, including Mario Paper Mario, Ooh. Tim, which Nintendo people check news. out.
1: The drought is over. We've been around this show for weeks now. I've been upset. I've been wanting some announcements. We're getting announcements. We're getting paper Mario. We're getting paper Mario in just a couple months.
0: Yeah, man. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. If people want to watch our reactions to that. Uh, me and you we just did a reaction to paper mario the origami killers i keep calling it The which i accidentally
1: headlined the origami killer and it went live and i checked to just make sure the video was live on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and i realized i put paper mario the origami killer i'm like god damn it of course
0: that's gonna be confusing to me until until it releases it is
1: (sighs) origami king the origami Origami King. king
0: today's stories of course include the origami killer and the origami king uh smash not being at an evo and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games for bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping we're reacting to that ghost of tsushima uh, state of play that's happening later today uh that's happening at 1 p.m pacific time on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Tim, do you have any like last minute predictions? Ghost of Shima well, to play.
1: I'm predicting some hotness, man. And I'm some hoping we, I'm hoping we get like an actual slice of gameplay. You know, like I want to see like what's what's a moment to moment in this game gonna be? Like, not necessarily the big set piece and like vertical slice stuff. Like, what what am I actually doing in this
0: game? Oh man, there are gonna be some vertical slices, Tim. I can tell you right now. I mean I'm down for
1: uh, but I want I want multiple slices. I don't I don't yeah. just want like here's a big set piece, right? Of I course. want like yeah, what's something that's a little bit more mundane? Cause I feel like we've seen the bigger stuff, we've seen the like super, super. I'm just walking around in the field, but like I wanna see a HUD that's what i want that's what i want is i want a hud
0: i'm with you i would absolutely love to see a hud and i would love to see yeah what, what's, what are the mundane things i'm gonna be doing what's the day-to-day what am i what's the open world look like all that stuff so i'm mm-hmm. very much looking forward to that again 1 p.m pacific time on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games it's gonna be, i don't i know who all is gonna be on that i assume me and greg and you me you greg and andy and andy got a got a, a, a I was gonna say a quadruplet a, a quadruple it's us, uh, to we the gotta, quadruple. We got a foursome, a fearsome mm-hmm. foursome going on. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, Blackjack, and Al Treisman. Uh, today we're brought to you by hymns, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be another jam packed Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A Baker's Dozen starting with our number one paper mario is back i'm pulling this from adam bankhurst at ign who writes nintendo has announced that paper mario the origami king will be released on nintendo switch on july 17th 2020 paper mario the origami king is a brand new adventure that has mario teaming up with his new partner olivia as they team up with unlikely allies like bowser and the toads to battle evil folded soldiers Princess Peach invites Mario and Luigi to the kingdom's uh, origami festival, but she looks a bit more papery than usual. It turns out King Ollie, who claims to be the ruler of the origami kingdom has hatched a devious plot that only Mario and his friends could solve. Oh, and Olivia is actually King Ollie's sister. Ollie Paper and Mario will, Ollie and yeah. Olivia. Paper Mario will have new abilities at his disposal, including the 1000 fold arms ability that will allow players to extend Mario's arms to interact with the environment and solve puzzles. There will also be a new ring-based, uh, ring-based battle system that requires both puzzle-solving skills and quick wit. Quote, Paper Mario The Origami King delivers a grand new adventure uh, on Nintendo Switch for players to wrap themselves up in, said Nick Chavez, Nintendo of America's Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing. Quote, This game marks the debut of the Paper Mario series on Nintendo Switch, expanding the vast library of games with, with another standout entry in a beloved franchise. End quote. Paper Mario the, the Origami King may very well be the, the, the first game that will help celebrate Super Mario Brothers' uh, 35th anniversary. One that, if the reports are true, will see the release of remasters of many, ma- many of Mario's classic adventures, including Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. And, Tim, I want start, to start with you there, right? Uh, we've had rumors mm-hmm. over the last couple of months about Mario's 35th anniversary and what that might entail. We got the Lego thing. Right, which is really exciting, the Mario and Lego collaboration. We're now getting Paper Mario, which has been rumored for a while, and we have talked about it uh, for a while, but we have the actual reveal here today. Do you think this confirms that we're going to get Mario 64 and the other 3D Mario remasters slash remix?
1: Yes and no. Yes in the sense that, A, hey, right, we have this, and it, this is kind of step one of like a 5 step process of okay cool they said paper mario they also said this 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 and this we still don't know what that could look like is it one package is it multiple games i'm really interested in in all of that but the bigger thing is the reports were that we were going to get a traditional paper mario game now looking at this trailer and you reading this this uh the press release thing here there's a a severe lack of three letters rpg being talked about and that kind of bothers me like we just did a live reaction to the the trailer and i was saying that i'm like i'm 50% excited 50% optimistic and or um like pessimistic actually uh hesitant for sure in the sense that this doesn't look like the third game in the paper mario series of paper mario 64 thousand year door this being a grand epic rpg with super unique um partner characters and a super crazy story and all this stuff yeah it kind of feels a bit more in line with the color splashes and Sticker Star stuff with the origami kind of fitting into that like paper gimmick where the -hmm. paper look isn't just the art style, it's the gameplay, if that makes sense. This definitely, we we saw some combat and it it made me feel pretty excited because a lot of the stuff in the trailer does hint that it is airing on the more traditional side of Paper Mario, but honestly, this isn't what I fully wanted or expected from the insider leaks and rumors right so with that i don't know if this confirms the rest of the things because this isn't quite what they were saying and what they were implying it's not super far off from it and i'm very excited about this this title in particular i think that despite all that even if it doesn't live up to the honestly extremely high expectations i would have for paper mario of that ilk I think that this will be better than than Color Splash and Sticker Star.
0: Yeah, people absolutely love uh, Thousand Year Door especially, right? Like Mario yeah. Mar- Paper Mario 64 is is where my Paper Mario love lies. Like I absolutely love Paper Mario on the N64 and I never got around to playing, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, the game on GameCube, right? Thousand Year Door. Um, but yeah, looking at this trailer, right? Like you look at the combat system and it is unique and different and it's kind of hard for me to process that off the bat because, yeah, like from what people have said about the the later uh, Paper Mario games being Color Splash and uh, Paper Jam, right? Like people didn't necessarily love the changes that came with those, right? And even Super Paper Mario, if you, if you count that, even though that's like a totally different kind of thing, um, there there there's a difference here with kind of how they're presenting it. Like all all of the the story stuff and the fun like dialogue where where it started off with peach as the origami peach uh talking to mario in a way that that kind of came off as like oh wow this is super dark this is super serious right and and then they immediately got into like oh yeah cool but here's the paper mario you know and love which is like the comedy which is like the fun writing which is like the cool moments the different characters of the mario universe getting to to interact in ways they usually don't get them to get to see them interact in like that's the stuff that i feel like makes paper mario paper mario special and yeah like if the combat system the actual like gameplay systems uh actually nail it in a way where it's like okay cool like this this circular combat grid thing is different but like there's actually strategy here and i'm actually enjoying this then i think they could knock it out out of the park that's like the main thing that i'm worried about to me that's
1: the thing is it it is the combat and it is that the the battle system that we didn't see too much of in this trailer but what we did see i was enticed by i feel like watching this trailer we're getting equal parts the comedy from the mario and luigi series the old school type combat of the original paper mario and thousand year door the kind of gimmicky stuff of the more recent paper marios um but then also there is you brought up super paper mario i feel like there is a a um a bunch of elements from that game that we we saw in this trailer like the, the more kind of like 3d world that you're walking in it didn't seem like mm-hmm. the old school traditional ones it did seem a bit more like there would be some type of light platforming and stuff going on so it's one of those things where there is the worry of is it going to be jack of all trade masters of none but i feel like while i definitely would prefer it to be a hundred percent in the thousand year door ways i'm okay if it at least tones down the things I didn't like about all the other styles, because those things, for the most part, they all had something going for them. So this could all kind of work out to be an excellent title. And I'm excited. I'm more excited for it than I am scared.
0: Now I'm pulling this tweet from Nibellion on Twitter because you mentioned the, the RPG thing. And he, t- he tweeted a couple hours ago uh, he said, uh, Paper Mario the Origami King is being listed as an action adventure on Nintendo's website, RIP RPG Dreams. He then follows that up because somebody then re- replied to him saying that it's listed as an ad- adventure slash slash RPG on the UK eShop. And so, you know, it, it seems like they're 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 kind of treating it both ways. It seems like there's there's some fuzziness as far as like how not how they're looking at it, but at least how they're they're communicating it as a genre. But I imagine that like when you look at Paper Mario and when 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 you look at what people love about Paper Mario right? Like, people do talk about the, the RPG-ness of it, right? People do talk about the first couple of games way more so than than, than the latter games. And I feel like on the Switch, Nintendo's done a, a very good job of kind of harkening back to uh, what people loved about the big franchises, right? I know Mario Odyssey and, and Zelda Breath of the Wild are, like, the two big examples because those were, like, the two big games that, that came out during that launch year, right? Uh, Breath of the Wild kind of reinvented it and, and reimagined what a Zelda game could be like, right? By going back to, like, the, the very original uh, Legend of Zelda on on the NES right took principles from that in order to recreate what that game was uh, you look at Mario Odyssey Mario Odyssey definitely like went back to Mario sixty four took things to the drawing board and and, and kind of not necessarily reinvented but you know went back went, went back and gave people what they loved about that franchise yeah I know Nintendo has been since then has been kind of hit and miss as far as like how how well they do that um, but I feel like I feel like this the Switch era Nintendo would nail it, right? Would kind of, would kind of oh, take man. take Paper Mario and 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 take it in the in the direction that people want and are asking for.
1: Now, so that leads me to the next point, which is the release date and kind of the execution of this marketing um, reveal. So we're getting it now. We know we're getting this game now, two months from now in July. Like mm-hmm. that's probably one of the tightest turnarounds that we've ever seen in video games from a major release announcement to it coming out, right? like fallout yeah. we always talk about it. it's like e3 and they coming out in what was it november or october i think it was november like even that I had a bunch of months granted fallout bigger than paper mario but paper mario a marquee yeah. title for if Nintendo. we're not like
0: if we're not counting like shadow drops and stuff right because like apex legends comes to mind but i was like
1: that is that is definitely its own unique case for sure like yeah. that you, you'll never beat that in terms of like out of nowhereness but um with this it's like cool we had the rumors and stuff but on one hand, again, this game, it's a, it's a battle for me between being excited and being hesitant because I'm excited it's coming so soon, but I'm also hesitant where I'm like, how long has this game been been worked on? Like, like is this game, I, I now imagine, especially in the corona times we're in, it must be okay. done if they're putting the release date out of July 17th. Like, they must be ready to go for this. So I wonder why we're just hearing about it now. It feels very un-Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo would have been a direct that talks mm-hmm. about this and other games and we've, you know, kind of been leading into this. Was there supposed to be a direct earlier in the year that for whatever reason I, got
0: banned? I mean, I bet so, right? Like I feel like so many things got pushed back due due to COVID, right? Like that's been that's been a thing we've been hearing and actually like seeing as it's been happening, right? We had the the uh the Unreal Unreal Engine 5 reveal yesterday, and that was supposed to be what at GDC, GDC. right? We had like we had the Mark or thing that was supposed to be at GDC. I feel like there's so there have been so many reveals this year. That we're already supposed to be, you know, out and done already that we're just getting and that we're going to continue to get maybe over the summer because people are are just putting these things together and trying to figure out how to act, how to uh market this stuff and advertise this stuff right now. And yeah. so, like, yeah, like, I imagine that we're going to get like, I imagine the fall's not going to be as bad as we kind of expect it to be for Nintendo. Right. Like, I, I think there was a moment there where we're kind of like, yeah, is Nintendo going to have any any fall games because they wasn't been a moment. It was
1: uh, many, many months. <laughs>
0: It's oh like, yeah, yeah. That's the thing, it, like, it's like damn, because Animal Crossing was like, and kind of still is really the the thing for this year, right? Like, it's it's great that we have Paper Mario, but yeah, like past Paper Mario, we still kind of got nothing. And I feel like, given the times that we're in, I kind of have more trust that hey, maybe we, we will see the, those uh, three Mario remasters. Like, maybe mm-hmm. it is just a hey, things are difficult to communicate right now. It's hard to get get assets together right right now. It's hard to like. It, it, like they're not having an e3 thing right because e3 is canceled and so i want i wonder for them if it's just a thing of like hey we'll just we'll announce things when we're ready to announce them and this year especially things are going to be close things going to get announced closer to the release than previous let's get into this frank
1: furter question because i got some thoughts
0: Frankfurter writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says i understand that no one will ever understand nintendo but why a tweet why not make this a direct and do a deep dive into the game like they normally do? I understand if you're coming uh, near the end of the year, but this new Paper Mario game is out in less than two months. Is there a reason it was announced unceremoniously on Twitter rather than doing a direct, a direct mini, or hell, even giving it to Jeff Keeley for Summer Games Fest? Thanks for all you do, Frank Furter.
1: So, I don't know. Nintendo is very weird. They've always made weird decisions. And I very rarely want to give them credit for things that end up turning out well because it does seem like an accident more more often than not this is an example of that kind of being the opposite for me where i actually see this as there was a plan for a direct at some point like let's just say anywhere between january and april there was plans for some type of direct that would have announced a bunch of things i do think that because of the situation we're all in that it hit a point where things changed and everyone shifted to doing things the Nintendo Direct way. And we've been seeing it the last couple of months of a ton of different showcases, a ton of different ways of people showing things. But it's all digital. It's not big press conference events, right? And I think Nintendo was like, oh, man, well, we, we lack our kind of uniqueness now of having that digital event that we can put out that brings all of the hype and all of the, um, the attention and energy into what are they going to announce at this Direct? And I think since everyone's doing it, the hype kind of exploded and now there's equal hype for every single announcement with, with Keeley's whole Summer Game Fest thing. It's like when something's there, everyone, it's Batman. It has to be Batman. To be Batman oh my God, PS5. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like there's these levels of hype that like you just can't meet at some point. And I think that uh, Nintendo has been burned a couple times uh, in the last couple of directs where they were it overhyped what the content actually was. And I think we saw evidence of that when they dropped the uh, Direct Mini without even hyping it up at all. And just kind of put it out and it was there and i think that this is even a step further in that direction where they're just like we're not going to build hype for this we're just going to we're just going to put it out there and people are going to be hyped because it is a cool exciting announcement but we're not going to wrap it up in a bunch of other things that people can nitpick and, and pick apart because it is just about this game and we we don't need to do this big presentation because everyone else is doing that and what made nintendo directs unique and that kind of hype cycle going in from ones announced into it actually coming out I feel this year more than ever is kind of souring the experience. And Nintendo's like, we ain't trying to sour this shit. Like, let's just put this out there.
0: Yeah, I feel like for Nintendo in an ideal world, this would have this been packaged in a Nintendo Direct with the Mario 3D remasters and whatever like the, the uh, 35th anniversary of Mario things would have been. Right, like I feel like that would have been the ideal way to package this and, and deliver it. And I feel like that, that would have been their plan, especially if they want to really celebrate this year. This year kind of being, being a wash, Uh, for everybody i feel like kind of puts a dampen on trying to uh advertise this year as like mario's 35th anniversary maybe they still do that later in the year when they if if they do like announce the the 3d remasters but i think at this point like you kind of you kind of do what you can and you kind of you 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 just put this out right like you don't hype it up because you don't want people to to overhype what this is right you don't want to disappoint people you just put it out and have people kind of build that hype themselves right like people on twitter are going crazy for this and i think rightfully so right because like you see people mario and you see this trailer and you're like oh this looks sweet this looks awesome the reason why we have that reaction to it is because it came out of nowhere like it was rumored of course but like if it was the thing of nintendo came out yesterday and they were like hey tomorrow we're doing we're announcing a mario thing i think then if they came out with this it would have been a, uh, a different reaction i think the reaction would have still been good but it would have been like I. I think you you don't allow that speculation to kind of build up, uh, and become something that it isn't, right? You don't want people to be like, "Oh, Mario tomorrow? Are we getting Mario Odyssey? Mario Odyssey two? Are we getting or these
1: these you know remakes?" The 3D 3D Mar- that, that's yeah. the thing is like this is all information that's been heavily talked about already, like i feel like nintendo is is learning and like i feel like they're kind of aware of the marketplace that they're they're releasing products into and it's like this is it's very interesting it's very different than what we've seen from them before but i i wouldn't be surprised if we see more of this in the future i think that when we get a proper nintendo direct the next time it's going to be substantial like i think that this is all leading up to them understanding that nintendo directs need to mean something and what that something is is pure freaking ridiculous hype and shit that's gonna like like megatons it's megatons like it w- would need the breath of the wild 2 or the metroid prime 4 or the odyssey 2 or you know something something of that or a crazy character in smash yeah brothers.
0: like i mean i feel like that's what N- nintendo directs have kind of turned into over the last generation especially right since the switch i think you you look at that that smash direct uh where they announced super smash brothers ultimate uh, at the end of it right with like the inkling seeing the <clears throat> seeing the smash ball in their eye right and you like I, I think that's what we all now associate directs with, right? Like those big hype moments. And so, like if you look at that that last direct mini that we got that they they dropped without really announcing it, like it was a fine showcase. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like super underwhelming or anything. Like I think they could have branded that as a direct and been fine. But I think, I don't yeah, think they like could've. well, I, I guess to the point to the point I, I, I'm making, right? I, like if they did brand it as a direct, people would have been underwhelmed with it because we do have this idea like this bigger idea of what directs mean to your like to your point also
1: yeah yeah we'll see man i'm extremely excited about this i'm glad paper mario's back in some form this isn't necessarily what the form i'd like it to be but i am excited to play it
0: now i have this as story number one i've added a 1b because out of all this paper mario's paper mario business uh there's an interesting tidbit of news i want to pull here uh so story 1b could we be getting pikmin 3 deluxe I'm pulling this from Jeff Grubb of VentureBeat, who we've talked about a lot, a lot on this show at this point, who loves loves the cheeky, like, hey, let me just put out this this tidbit here. And mm-hmm. so he, he's done this before, right, where he talked about, oh, yeah, by the way, at the end of, like, I think it was an EA's earning uh, article, he was like, by the way, uh, they're working on Mass Effect Trilogy. He's done a similar thing here, where in his VentureBeat article, talking about this Paper Mario reveal, he ends it by saying, uh, and this is from his VentureBeat article, quote, other Nintendo Studios will have games ready to release soon as well. That includes the 3D Mario remasters, but it should also include Pikmin 3 Deluxe. Now, Tim, I believe this is the first we're hearing about a Pikmin 3 Deluxe, it right? Is. Am, I, am I? Now, yeah, I mean, Pikmin is
1: one of the more bizarre franchises in the Nintendo catalog because years ago, Pikmin 4 was announced by Miyamoto. Yeah, that's my uh,
0: next thing. Like that, that Pikmin 4 was announced forever ago, and, and I would have just, just assumed just, that they must have been working on that
1: totally and it's a weird one and pikmin 3 came out early enough in the wii u's life cycle and didn't really make make that big of a dent uh compared to some of the other wii u titles that were there and it's a weird one for me where i'm surprised that pikmin 3 hasn't been ported if it's going to be um they're kind of like getting to the bottom of the well when it comes to wii u ports and if mm-hmm. pikmin 4 is a thing i do think it's a little weird putting out a pikmin 3 deluxe close to that but maybe there's not a pikmin 4 uh, anytime soon and then this would make a, a bit more sense to me. Cause when we look at the Wii U, like at this point now that the uh um the Fire Emblem Shin Megami Tensei game that I always forget the name of the FE Togemara yeah, right. sessions, um, that's out. Wonderful 101's out. It's like we're really getting to the end of yeah, the Yeah, like years. what's we, what's really left? 3D World?
0: Oh yeah, 3D which World. Which is yeah.
1: rumored as part of this re- release thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um we got um the Zelda
0: remasters is Hyrule Warriors on switch
1: and then yeah then there's the warrior games but like i don't really see those getting ported at this point but that's, i mean no. who the fuck knows
0: <laughs> yeah
1: but yeah it's more like the zelda proper titles twilight
0: princess and um wind Waker. god i'll love those for I, I would love for those to to, to come over but yeah I, I, this is an interesting thing it would i mean if this came out it would tell me that that uh pikmin 4 got internally just Moved or canceled or or they started over or something because if I remember correctly when they announced Pikmin Four it wasn't like an announcement announcement no. it was like an interview with somebody yeah. saying that like oh yeah by the way like Miyamoto. yeah we're working on Pikmin Four was it Miyamoto that said it yeah yeah and so like you know I think this would say that it, I mean if this is coming out then for sure Pikmin Four has gotten pushed um, for like years out probably at this point but it's still exciting stuff right like Pikmin Three on on Switch would be cool I know people love Pikmin uh, Three on Wii U. And so it was a lot of that game. I had I had a friend in high school <laughs> gotcha. that uh, okay that well in high school friend at that point, I think we were both in college, but he had it and he loved it. Well, did cool. people not yeah. love Pikmin three? No, it's
1: it's just uh Pikmin three to me is like I, I don't know anybody that like really enjoyed that game. Like even working really? at IGN, I know pick, people that are huge fans of Pikmin one and two, especially, but mm-hmm. three was one of those things, it was early enough in the Wii U cycle that a lot of people didn't have the Wii U, and not that it ever ended up that they did. But this is like mm. pre Mario Kart and pre like the things that sold the people that, on the Wii U that weren't, you know, day oneers. And I, I just I've never heard people be super high on Pikmin Three specifically.
0: Interesting. Like, yeah, even I
1: even like Jose at IGN who was doing Nintendo stuff at the time, like mm-hmm. he liked it, but it wasn't like a killer app for him.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I think I just remember it being received, I guess, more fondly uh, than negatively. And then also, yeah, my friend, my friend from high school, just really, really loved uh, Pikmin. Shout out to Brandon. Uh, let's get into story number two. Vince Zampella says Titanfall is not in development. I'm pulling this from Ryan McCaffrey at IGN. IGN did a whole interview with uh, Vince Zampella, of course, the head of Respawn Entertainment. Uh, which there are like quite a few details from this, including that uh, Titanfall Two or Titanfall in general is not in development. Um, but I'm going to start with this. The end of Vince Zampella's first decade as the head of Respawn Entertainment, the studio he co-founded with fellow Call of Duty co-creator Jason West in 2010 in the wake of, of an ugly corporate divorce from Activision, couldn't have gone much better. In 2019, Respawn Book ended the year by releasing two critical and commercial su- successes, uh, Apex Legends in February and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order in November. Zampella capped it all off by earning more power from EA via promotion to, to oversee multiple studios, including DICE LA. And this and, and this after EA bought Respawn for $455 million in 2017. Quote, when you look backwards at 2019, it's crazier than it was, uh, than it was at the time, Zampella told IGN this week. Quote, when you see it all as one package, it's like, holy shit, but at the time we were just going to do what we do. We've got a bunch of people that love to make games and love what they do, and they did that, uh, end quote. The good, the good times have continued to roll for Zampella and Respawn in 2020. Coming off of Jedi Fallen Order's success, EA CEO Andrew Wilson recently called Jedi Fallen Order the first title in an entirely new franchise. That means a sequel, right? Zampella, Zampella laughed and said, quote, I'll say that Andrew Wilson alluded to something, but I will say that the team is hiring. Put the word out, end quote. Moving forward, Zampella gave a couple of hints for what we might expect out of DICE LA which had most recently served as a support studio for multiple EA projects. First, they will be renamed, quote, The intention is for them to have their own identity, St. Pella said. Quote, we'll, fig- we'll figure that out as we go. The COVID situation is throwing a kink in everything, so we're still figuring it out, end quote. They won't be folded into respawn, he confirmed to IGN, and their first game is likely to be a shooter running on the Frostbite engine. While Respawn has bucked EA has bucked EA convention and uh, been the only internal EA studio to not use Frostbite in its games, Zampilla said it's it's prop it probably makes sense for Dice LA's next project to utilize the in-house engine. "Quote: Dice is a Frostbite team, so they're familiar with it," he said. "You need to pick the right engine to make the game that you want to make. Most likely, it'll be Frostbite because that's what they're familiar with, and that's." That's what they know, and that's what's going to be the quickest ramp up. Uh, that's going to be the quickest ra- ramp up time. But if we decided to do something where another en- engine made made sense, that could be an option. So much wealth of experience uh, in that engine, and the ability to ex- to extract amazing looking graphics out of that engine that it would be a shame to waste that. End quote. Dice LA currently employs about 100 people. Zane Polo said, "We're definitely hiring up there." And this has definitely given us a bridge into the world of more remote work being distributed. We're looking at ways to expand in smarter and safer ways as we go forward. We'll probably start taking on a lot <clears throat> a lot more remote work, <clears throat> excuse me, and we'll kind of exp- we'll we'll kind of expand globally. We want to be everywhere. End quote. Titanfall remains a beloved series that is yet to see a commercial commercial success of Titanfall Universe uh, spin off, Apex Legends, or Jedi Fallen Order. When asked if we'll see it again, Zampella was optimistic. Quote, there's nothing currently in development, he said, but it's always there. You see the little bits of stuff coming back through the lore in Apex Legends. At some point, I'll personally like to see some kind of resurrection there. We'll see if I can make it happen, end quote. Finally, IGN asked Zampella if we can look forward to any announcements from Respawn at EA's upcoming EA Play event. Quote, we have Medal of Honor, uh, above and beyond, coming out sometime this year. So we'll see that we'll see, we'll see if that shows up. Uh, end quote. He said diplomatically, uh, before de- <clears throat> before before deferring to an EA spokesperson uh, out of fear he'd said something he wasn't supposed to. She clarified, <laughs> "It's safe to it's safe to, to assume that yes, you might see some things from Respawn at EA Play." End quote. A long article there, but I think there are a lot of good uh, tidbits. To him.
1: Yeah, man, I love it. Respawn killing the game. You know, definitely one of the the devs to watch going into the future. Um, I feel like Vince has been been really killing it. Apex has been awesome. Titanfall 2, everyone loves, and obviously Jedi Fallen Order is the hit that it is. Um, I I didn't realize they were working on the Medal of Honor um game, but above and beyond, that's the VR title that they're working yeah, on.
0: It's the VR game.
1: Yeah, so uh interesting. I'm I this kind of is exciting. I hearing the EA spokesperson saying that we're gonna see some stuff from respawn at EA play. Like, given the context of the this quote, I think that means more than just the medal of honor. VR thing so yeah that's cool I wonder what it is honestly like what I'd like to see most is some Jedi Fallen Order like substantial DLC like some like a real story bit um because I feel like getting a new sequel announcement that it wouldn't be coming anytime soon and I'm definitely itching for some more of that world
0: yeah no I'm with you that like I'm I'm curious to see I I feel like with, with, with what we just got from Jedi Fallen Order, I don't know if that points to hey, like we're doing this and then wrapping up, or if they're if they're gonna keep pushing more toward new story content. Because I know like there are probably like uh, hoops you need to jump through to make Star Wars story content. Uh, and so I wonder if they just preserve that for Jedi Fallen Order 2 or if they do go go forward with, with DLC. The the fact that they're not actively working on Titanfall, one kind of saddens me because I love Titanfall and I and I think Titanfall kind of got Screwed a bit with how ea positioned it because it came out i want to say like a week or like two weeks after battlefield one and like Mm -hmm. call of duty was also like somewhere in there and that kind of screwed that game in terms of how well it performed and you look at apex legends right like apex legends is killing it apex legends people absolutely love it i wonder i know we made me uh or andy was the one that made the prediction on gamescast about like oh yeah like I, i i could see them doing a a single player apex legends game and we just got an update for like more substantial, like quest-based, story-based stuff in Apex Legends. That seems cool. And I don't know if that would actually point to a single player version of the game, but yeah, I I, I really wonder what the next step is for respawn. That isn't just isn't just Star Wars, especially if they're not working on, on Titanfall right now. Yeah. Um, no, that'd be interesting yeah.
1: if they did a uh, you know, single player core Apex game that might be smart for branding and just kind of you know solidifying those characters a bit more. And, um, that I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, but I'm not necessarily expecting it, but that could be a, it, it's interesting. They're saying they're not working on a Titanfall game, but I feel like that could be kind of a weird workaround of that where it's like, we're not doing Titanfall, We're doing apex. Cause that's the, the brand that actually ironically means more now. Like who the hell yeah. would have thought? I remember when apex first launched, everyone's like, why would you not just call it Titanfall something? Like, that's weird that it's in the world, but it's like, you're not using the branding that you <laughs> came up with, but
0: yeah and it's interesting cuz yeah Apex Legends takes place in the in the world of Titanfall. I wonder if if you make an Apex Legends single player game and then you follow that up with a new Titanfall game and then advertise that Titanfall game as saying like oh yeah and this is in the world of Apex Legends. Like that'd be like a, such a weird like crisscross of of hey yeah like this is a thing that came for like the the chicken became <laughs> came before the egg thing but the now the egg patch came. The, <laughs> <laughs> the chicken became the egg. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I'm so curious to see what comes out of Res- Respawn uh, in the near future. Like, Respawn has remained as, like, my favorite studio out of EA currently. Like, they're absolutely killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, good stuff, man. Story number three, another uh, big publisher uh, kind of fiscal story got coming up. Uh, Ubisoft has some big things planned. I'm pulling this story from Rebecca Valentine at gamesindustry.biz who writes... A rocky year of delays and lowered revenue for Ubisoft is finally over, with the publisher releasing its Q4 and full year financial results today while looking ahead to a more promising release slate. For Q4 of its fiscal 2019 to 2020, Ubisoft reported sales of 481 uh, million euros, that's $519 million, down 7% year-over-year, and net bookings of 417 million euros, that's $450 million, down 38% year-over-year. The Lord revenues are in, no way, are in no small part due to a lack of major releases last year. After Ubisoft delayed Watch Dogs Legion, Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six Quarantine uh, into next fiscal year to, uh, to give the games more development time. However, Ubisoft added that its, going to, its ongoing franchise remains successful and are seeing boosts in interest due to COVID-19. With Rainbow Six Siege specifically reaching over 60 million registered players and seeing record engagement in January, February, and March. Furthermore, Ubisoft shared that 11 of its titles have sold over 10 million units this console cycle. Those titles being Assassin's Creed Unity, Assassin's Creed Origins, Tom Clancy's The Division, Tom Clancy's The Division 2, Far Cry 4, Far Cry 5, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, Watch Dogs, and Watch Dogs 2. For the full year, Ubisoft reported sales of $1.71 billion, down 14% year-over-year, and net bookings of $1.65 billion, uh, that's down 24% year-over-year. It also reported operating income of $36.9 million, down from $481 million uh, over the previous year. CFO Frederick uh, Dujouet acknowledged that the full full year financial results were well below the company's initial expectations. Though this was in line with the new expect new expectations the company set late last year when it pushed back the three planned AAA titles. CEO Yves Guillemot uh, added that while wow, they expected the the impact from COVID nineteen to be minimal, in uh, in that so far it it only caused a production delay of a few weeks in areas like mocap, localization, voice recording, and testing. The company was exercising prudence in its projections for the coming year due to the uncertainty of how, how how it may impact production in the future. Ubisoft currently expects Q1 net bookings of $361 million with the launches of Monopoly on Google Stadia, For Honor Season 2, and, and Year 5, uh, Season 2 of Rainbow Six Siege. For the full year, Ubisoft is currently planning to release five AAA titles, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Watchdogs Legion, Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and one more unannounced franchise. Uh, Three of these, including Assassin's Creed Valhalla, are are planned for Q3, while the others are planned for Q4. It's also still planning non-AAA releases like Roller Champions. It projects operating income t- uh, to be between $431 million and $647 million, and net bookings between $2.53 billion and $2.86 billion, with lower end assuming that COVID-19 necessities, uh, necessitates the, the delay of one of its five planned AAA titles. Again, a lot there, Tim, yeah. but it seems like Ubisoft uh, is killing it, all things considered
1: killing it you know kind of taking a little bit of a hits but i i feel like that would all have been expected due to all the delays that they had last year but it seems like they're they're kind of in place for a ironically killer 2020 and going into 2021 um i feel like because of all of those delays they they were a little bit more ahead of these games than i think a lot of the other devs were uh going into this corona stuff so i feel oh, like yeah we're going to we're going to start seeing these things rolling out with the assassin's creed and watchdogs and, and moving on from that um i i'm interested if rainbow six quarantine gets a name change or or what
0: yeah that ends up they mentioned like. here that like yeah we can see they they mentioned that one of our games is probably going to get delayed i imagine that's probably going to be rainbow six quarantine i imagine yeah. that yeah also it's probably going to get an, a, a name change um because they don't want to they, they don't want that game received a certain way
1: Gods and Monsters, definitely excited to see more of that. I am I'm pretty shocked that we've only seen that one kind of tra- trailer cinematic that, that, that's trailer. been it. Like uh yeah. that game seems fairly interesting looking. So I, I want more on that. Uh, but I'm most excited about the one more unannounced franchise. What
0: do you Prince think? Prince of that Persia
1: could be? baby. I know everybody oh, wants Persia, so I want Prince of Persia, and I don't necessarily think that it's that, but there has been such a weird upswing in Prince of Persia stuff in the last couple weeks um yeah. with the i mean over even months with the for honor stuff that they did and then there was the 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 leaked prince of Persia gameplay from the game that got canceled in like 2012 or whatever that yeah. <laughs> was just that's just been sitting on a youtube it's channel on youtube hilarious um but i just feel like yeah there's a i wonder if there's a reason that you know prince is back in the in the vernacular of people right now
0: i i think splinter cell is is a good pull like between splinter cell and prince of persia people have been clamoring for both i think either of those would be would would be good ones to bring back um and yeah like i'm trying to think of what else is in ubisoft's repertoire that they could just bust out and would rayman great for them oh yeah i guess rayman
1: rayman would get a lot of the same response that like donkey kong country tropical freeze did where it's like everyone wanted metroid from retro and then they announced that and you're like ah but then the game ended up being amazing but like that didn't sway the fact that people still wanted metroid i feel like it'd be the same thing here like if they announced a new rayman in the style of origins and legends i'd be all about it but i can imagine the upset that it's not splinter cell you know yeah splinter cell is a weird one where it's like you know it, it reminds me a lot of borderlands 3 where you we, we can predict it long enough that eventually it's gonna happen It's
0: just gonna happen it's just, it's just gonna appear well yeah. i feel like borderlands 3 is a, i feel like borderlands is more inevitable than splinter cell like splinter splinter cell i'm not there's no there's there's no mo- mo- moment where I'm like, yeah, they're definitely developing it right now. Whereas Borderlands, I'm like, they're always developing something for Borderlands. Because Borderlands is like their their biggest franchise. Or I mean, it was many Xbox. years, man.
1: There was like a for sure a big gap. Where well, I swear to God, every single E3 and event, we'd be predicting Borderlands Three is going to be at this one. You know, it's kind of like the, the Rockstar sure. games at this point too.
0: But I feel like for Ubisoft, if if somebody from Ubisoft came to me and they're like. Yeah, we're not developing Splinter Cell right now. Like, I I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. I'd be disappointed, but I wouldn't be surprised. Whereas, like, if if Gearbox, if at Gearbox somewhere, they're like, oh yeah, we don't even have a thought about Borderlands Four right now. I'm like, you guys are lying. You guys definitely, you guys are definitely working on that on that thing. Yeah. Um, either way, uh, good stuff from from Ubisoft. Um, I like that they included their Monopoly game in there. I love that's I love that that's Launching Google Stadium. That's a big part of their financials. And so go get them. Story number four, Evo's 2020 lineup has been revealed with a notable game missing, Tim. Mm. Uh, I'm pulling this from Jordan Olliman at IGN, who writes, Evo Online will replace the physical competition this year due to the impact of COVID-19 pandemic. But that isn't the only major change with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate cut from the lineup, most likely due to the issues with the game's online performance. Uh, Smash is an Evo staple, and while the organizers haven't commented on the game's omission, it's believed that it may have been due to uh, difficult, may have been too difficult to run uh, an online Smash tournament due to the game's lacking netcode. And I know we we this is a thing that when they first announced Evo was going online, which of course <laughs> Evo is like the big, um, like the biggest fighting game tournament to happen during the year. When they announced that I was going online, immediately I was like, "We'll see," because like fighting games online isn't necessarily. That's not just like a, a marriage that works one hundred percent of the time. Like there are so many fighting games that have bad net code, and when you look at Smash, especially, right? Like that's a game that you definitely don't want to hold an online tournament with, and so you kind of understand uh, why why they would omit that one. Um, fucking
1: Nintendo, man! It's just Nintendo, so but... sad. It's like you know, every step forward they make, every classic game they put out, of which there have been countless, and there will continue to be many, many more. There's just the foundation and the fundamentals that they just simply don't give a shit about. You know, it's like they there's no focus, and I don't believe that the net code for Nintendo games will ever be where it needs to be. I don't think that that's a priority for them. I don't think there's anything really that can make it one because them missing out on Evo, I feel like Nintendo's just going to shrug it off. And it's like, man, that is that's it's a bummer Call.
0: Because, like, Smash especially, Smash Ultimate was the grand finale of Evo last year. That's, like, the game that people tuned in for. That that created so many hype moments around the event last year. And so to see it missing this year, because, I mean, Smash is a wonderful game, but when it comes to specifically online, that's where things, things kind of start to fall apart for it. The fact that... And I guess this is, like, this, this kind of um, just speaks to Nintendo in general for their online, not even just Smash. But for the fact that Nintendo Online is just not at the point where... It can be supported, right? Especially seeing that you imagine Evo definitely would love to support this game. Oh you imagine God, Evo yes. would definitely love to have it there because there's so many Smash fans and so many people would tune in for that. The fact that they're just like, yeah, it's not worth it because the online isn't there. Like, that's a big bummer, uh, and yeah. that's kind of an that's definitely an indictment on on Nintendo online services. And if you, I want to read the the full lineup for the competition because it's actually a, despite that, it's actually still a, a very good lineup, right? They have uh, Under Night in Birth, Exc Late. Uh, which I've been talking about on the shows recently, because I I played that game back in February, and it's actually really cool. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters Tekken Seven, Street Fighter V Championship Edition, uh, Soul Caliber Six, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Samurai Showdown, Skullgirls Encore, Mortal Kombat 11, Killer Instinct, and then Them's Fightin' Herds. Which, Kevin, is there a way you can pull up a trailer for Them's Fightin' Herds, Tim? If I was to tell you the name of this game, "Them's Fighting Herds," what would be your assumption on on what this game is?
1: I have um, absolutely no idea. Is this the Jesus game?
0: No, it's okay, not. Good. But that's a good. That guess. would be
1: very fucking weird if uh, it was in Evo. I don't know. What is them fighting herds?
0: You're gonna see because, like, I don't. It's gonna surprise you. Holy shit! <laughs> it's gonna surprise you. I, yeah, I just, just let just reviews. let the people see. Trailer. gotcha
1: gotcha yeah you know going back to it it's a bummer I think smash ultimate would bring more viewers than any of these games um overall to to Evo and I'm sure Evo wanted it but okay. it's on Nintendo man
0: Kevin let that thing roll <laughs> there's no music for you guys all right that's are, are the audience are they hearing yeah. sound oh Jesus it's exactly Whoa. what it looks like there's a mama? For people
1: more people
0: for people listening, right, for people listening to the audio version, it's basically My Little Pony, but a fighting game. It's from the artist who does My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. They basically Dude, direct the fighting This game. actually looks pretty sick. This looks cool. Yeah. That's a story mode?
1: <laughs> can you, Kev, can you husband, scroll to the, whole the whole end? I want to see, like, who, who are the devs of this? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Humble okay, Humble? main six. So here we go. I've never heard of them. I imagine they're a smaller team. I imagine Mm -hmm. that this is on the indie side of stuff. Yes. Nintendo. There are indie devs with netcode that works better than Super fucking Smash Brothers. What the fuck is the problem, man? How are you going to have your Nintendo Switch reveal trailer? With Splatoon two, all those motherfuckers doing their goddamn esports and shit, and they're up there, and it's just like, oh, and then here we are, years later, and Smash Ultimate not in Evo. Why? Not because they don't want to play, because they can't play.
0: It's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate, and yeah, I, like, I, I would like to say that, like, yeah, hopefully we see Nintendo like fix this as they move forward. But to what you said, like, I don't, I don't see a future, like a near future, in which N- Nintendo Online is like works perfectly in their net code and their games is perfect like i was playing mario kart uh uh on Wii, mario kart 8 deluxe i want to say like two weeks ago and i still had the issue where i was just getting those uh the network errors where i just disconnect randomly during races and it's like man it it's a bummer it's yeah. definitely a, it's definitely a bummer <laughs> speaking of bummers Story number five: uh, Scavenger Studio ends active development on Darwin Project. Uh, this is from Alyssa McAloon at Gamasutra, who writes: Scavenger Studio is window is winding down. Uh, let me start that over. Scavenger Studio is winding down support for its social battle royale game Darwin Project, noting noting in a post that its team will be redirected to other projects within the studio. It's an unfortunate end to any online game and one And one, the team at Scavenger says they tried to stave off with new platforms, content, and features to no avail. Quote, we've assessed all potential solutions and scenarios, but unfortunately, Darwin Project is unable to sustain itself, thus forcing us to come to this very difficult decision. Uh, write the studio co-founders Simon Darvo and Emily uh, Lamarche. An end to active development doesn't mean an end of support, at least not quite yet. The Darwin Project team says the 10person Battle royale game and its stream centered features will remain online and fully playable at least until the end of 2020. Uh, Tim, this is a sad one for me because I actually really like the Dar- uh, Darwin project. Oh, I didn't really? play much of it, which it probably contributes to the problem, but <laughs> when I played it, I was like, "This game is awesome, right? Like this was I, I, I believe the either first or second game that I picked for uh, our PSL Love You segment where we rank 104 PSN games oh, and. Gotcha if you're unfamiliar, right, Darn Project, it's like a 10-person battle royale. Uh, there is somebody playing who's playing as the director and they're the one that, like, kind of manages what, what's happening. They close down certain zones. It's more Hunger Games than, like, I think other battle royale games are. Um, and it's like, a, it was, Darn Project is a really fun, really cool experience. And it I think it is, it comes down to, like, just the audience just wasn't there, right? Like, it, d- it didn't have the, the support it needed to kind of stay uh, functioning. Which sucks because I feel like this 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 has happened pretty quickly, you know, because the game came out on PS4 in January, mm-hmm. and so like from January to now May, the, the fact that they're at the point where they're like, oh yeah, now we gotta we gotta shut down development on it, at least active development on it. Um, it's a bummer, but it happens. Yeah, you know, you hate to see it. it. And then our last story, story number six, which I'm titling as a Greg joint because Greg is the one that that emailed this one to me. Uh, Fallout 76 has announced a, a 2020 roadmap. This comes from a, a press release that they emailed this morning. Today, we released the 2020 roadmap for Fallout 76. The roadmap outlines future content coming to Fallout 76 this year, including the introduction of seasons a major rebalancing of combat and rewards for dwellers of all levels, camp shelters, legendary perks, plus the start of a year-long Brotherhood of of Steel story arc, and more. Introducing 76 Seasons. Seasons brings a new account-wide progression system to Fallout 76 that overhauls the current challenge system and helps players rake in uh, lots of new rewards along the way. Seasons will be available to all players and offer a unified progression path to unlock dozens of new and unique rewards from power armor, Power Armor Paints uh, paints and Camp items to Atoms, Legendary Script, Perk Packs, and so much more. In place of the old challenge system that rewarded Atoms for, for completing daily and weekly challenges, players will instead earn, earn a new currency, Score Points. These points will advance players in their seasonal progression on the road to unlocking some incredible rewards. The result is a more engaging, flexible, and fun experience for all types of players. While seasons are still subject to change based on internal playtests and player feedback, here's a bit more on how seasons currently work. Players will see a new option on the main menu that will take them to a uniquely Fallout-themed seasonal progression screen. During Season 1, this will be, Cap- this will be a Captain Cosmos-themed board, board game. All, pl- all players begin at, at the, the first base on the board, rank 1 out of 100. Advancing along the board involves acquiring a new type of currency, score, obtainable through revamp challenge through the revamped challenge system and other in-game activities challenges we will be less complicated and easier to complete typically involving activities players will complete by playing fallout 76 as they normally would rewards are handed out at every rank with bigger rewards the the more with bigger rewards the more you advance and at specific milestones rank 25 50 76 etc Uh, Players will have the option to spend 150 atoms to skip ranks after the first two weeks of a season. After two weeks, players can move ahead in ranks by spending atoms as a means for, uh, for late, late to a season, a a chance to catch up. Seasons will run for 10 weeks with a two week break between the end of a season uh, and the start of the next. The inaugural season kicks off with patch 20 this summer. And so to break it all down, to bring it all together, right in summer, they're starting seasons in fall. Uh, They're rebalancing the game with season two, uh, with with a refresh with season two that'll feature a new questline preparing for the Brotherhood of Steel, and then in winter, uh, season three drops with Brotherhood of Steel returning among other feature updates. Um, Tim, how do you react to all this? Does this make you interested at all in Fallout seventy six? Me, no. But to find the Mm -hmm. positives in this,
1: like I am. I'm impressed that they're committing to this game as much as they are. I definitely thought that at some point they would have just given up the ghost on it and and kind of cut and run, but they they didn't, and they're pushing it, and it like seems like there's a... Every time we, we talk about Fallout 76, there is enough people writing in about it that make me believe, like, hey, there is an audience for it. I don't think that audience is nearly as big as it, as they as Bethesda wanted it to be nor than it should have been and could have been it had they done things uh a lot more correctly when uh, they first launched but you know here they are a couple years later and it sounds like they're still in the the point of like trying to make it over the hump to be able to make this game exactly what they want it to be but they're taking the steps and you know transparency is always good having this roadmap it's exciting for the the people that care
0: they're definitely they've definitely been doing a great job bringing themselves back from the dead like I I remember asking Greg the question a while ago on K, on KFTD about who do we think is more likely to have a comeback between uh, Anthem and Fallout seventy six and I think my pick was Anthem and seeing how Fallout seventy six has been making uh making the big moves to kind of to kind of update itself and bring itself up to the expectations that people kind of had for it in the beginning like the wastelanders update was pretty cool right introducing npcs and i got to play it a few weeks ago with greg and i was actually pretty impressed with what was there i was actually pretty engaged with it now seeing this roadmap has me actually very excited uh to see what the Hmm. future of this game is because when you tell me that yeah they're gonna have a brotherhood of steel questline like as somebody who loves fallout right like that sounds super awesome the idea that this game started off with no npcs it is now going to have a whole quest line that is that is devoted to a whole faction of the game that people have a love for like that that's super cool seeing that they're adding seasons seeing that they're revamping certain things seeing that they're um that that that, that they've given a whole roadmap for what the rest of the year looks like in a way where you kind of you 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 kind of have an idea and you kind of understand like you know where where they're going with this and what their vision for it is uh super awesome one, I hit, I hope they hit it because I know um, Wastelanders was delayed from last fall to um, I guess recently to like this this past spring, which was a huge bummer for the game, and that comes off of the game having just a lot of huge bummers. Um, this seems like a very good direction. This gets me excited, and yeah, I think this is this is awesome news. Like good it's for good. them. Tim, I'm very excited to see what the future of Fallout 76 is beyond. The Wastelanders update and beyond the Brotherhood of Steel uh uh questline. But that is so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mama Grop shops today, where would I look?
1: The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday.
0: Yeah. Out today, we got Ion Fury for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, Oddworld munches Odyssey for Switch, Colat for switch tt isle of man right on the edge 2 for switch cooking simulator for switch let's see here Cetasius next for switch arms 7 no armed 7 dx for switch for a second i was like arms 7 that's not that doesn't sound right uh carnage battle arena for switch wolf flame for switch zengi for switch jawbreakers in the in the confection connection for pc knife quest for pc and then choco pixel 5 is out today for pc uh new dates of course paper mario the origami king has been announced for nintendo switch and that's coming out on july 17th 2020 and then uh rhythm action game no straight roads is coming to nintendo switch and xbox one on june 30th the same day as ps4 and pc uh and let me tell you i've tried out no straight roads i played that at a pax and it's pretty fun it's a pretty cool game so look forward to that deal of the day Grand Theft auto 5 premium edition is available for free on the epic game store Last I checked, the Epic Game Store was down. It might be up uh, by now, but when I, when I went to check this morning, the Epic Game Store was, was not up uh, because I think people just people were, were fiending for that GTA 5 for free. <laughs> and so couldn't handle it. Now it's time for reader mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by HIMS. You've heard us talking about HIMSS and how they're helping guys look their best. If you haven't yet, it's time to see what they're all about. 66% of men start to lose their hair by age 35. Once you've noticed thinning hair, it can be too late. 4 is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. It's time to write a new chapter, one in which you have hair. Kind of Funny Zone, Andy and Nick use HIMSS, and they can tell you firsthand the incredible effect that HIMSS has had on their appearance, specifically their hair. And I'm sure they're sexual wellness. I can't speak to that personally, but I'm sure, I'm sure they are sexually well. Isn't that right, Tim? hmm Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. HIMSS is helping guys be the best versions of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. 4 Hims connects you to real doctors online, which can save you hours. Completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few quick questions, a doctor will review, and if they determine it's right for you, can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Right now, our listeners can get started with their first month free. Go to 4 slash gamesdaily. That's 4 slash gamesdaily. A prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Offer valid only if prescribed. Uh, three-month minimum subscriptions. Additional restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's 4hims.com slash gamesdaily. Tim. Yeah. Nick M writes in to patreon.com slash games, just like you can and says hi kfgd phil spencer recently came out and said uh, game releases due for due for 2021 onwards are likely to be heavily affected by covid19 how badly will this affect next-gen console sales i'd imagine the first batch released will sell out but if it's announced that there there are limited new release games in 2021 will we see slower sales compared to previous generations thanks for all you do nick m
1: I don't think so. I think that uh, it's a guarantee that the first round of consoles are going to be a hot ticket item that are going to sell out due to the lack of supply, no matter what. I think that that is going to exist for the foreseeable future going going forward from that. I don't think that we're going to hit a point that they'll be able to keep up with demand within the first three months for sure, you know, going into six months, like maybe it'll start to be a little bit more readily available. And I feel like at that point, people will still be interested in wanting it. I think that this gen, the way that it's functioning so differently than previous gens where late gen games, this gen, how many times can I say gen (laughs) matter? more next gen than ever before where it is Mm -hmm. this kind of crossover where the gaming experiences and video games have just changed where games as a service is so much more of a common thing that people are just going to want a better experience where you might be buying the new console not just because of the new games coming out but also because the games that you're playing every single day and um, while that's not everybody i think that there still will be new games coming out there won't be maybe nearly as many coming out but there will be enough that people are interested in intrigued in buying a console for um and i think that you know looking at the playstation Xbox xbox's different strategies um i feel that xbox specifically with everything they've been talking about it's not about buying the next box it's about investing in the ecosystem i think that um ironically that's actually going to help sell their new consoles anyways where mm-hmm. that's going to allow them to kind of just focus on making games for the first time with xbox game studios for the first time in a long time where they're just i think we're going to start to see a a similar thing that we did at nintendo with the switch where after years of kind of like sparse releases they hit with the switch running where it was just like month after month we're getting these first party titles um, with, with some focus and i think that xbox is going to have that with halo infinite kicking it off and then getting all of these you know the 13 xbox game studios games coming one after another and they might not all be of major consequence but i think that they will all add up to being something that is going to make people want to invest and the people that want the best experiences are going to buy the consoles anyways so i think that while it might be slower than previous generations that's just because of supply and demand um and really supply not demand
0: yeah, like Nick, I mean, in, your, in your question, you, you know, you mentioned that, yeah, are are seeing slowed game releases from 2021 onward, is that going to badly or how badly will this affect next gen console sales? I think there are already so many factors at play that are going to affect next gen console sales that games being games being slowed within the first year, I don't think is going to be like a huge uh, factor in it. And I don't think it's going to be like a it's, it's not going to have much of a negative effect because there have been reports from the Sony side of things, right? That, they expect for for uh, the PS5 to sell less, right? Because they do plan for it to be more expensive than the PS4, and they do have a limited amount of units being manufactured for that reason, right? Like they they're coming out they're coming out of this expecting for the console to to, to sell less. Um, and so I think with that, with the fact that COVID nineteen is a thing, and I think you're going to see people having less disposable income to work with uh, moving forward. And I think with the fact that like. Yeah, I think in, in to what Tim was saying, right? Like I think you're going to see shortages shortages of consoles in general uh in that first year, or at least that first launch period, right? Like I think it console sales I think are going to have a set num- number. Like I think I think by the time we're launching, by the time PS5 and Xbox Xbox Series X launches, that both companies already have an idea of, oh yeah, we'll do this many for sure because we only ma- we only made this many knowing that they're all going to going to sell out. Mm-hmm. Uh, In terms of the first year of games, also, like, as a reminder, like, the first year of the PS4 and Xbox One wasn't necessarily a banger year, right? Like, 2014, we got games like Dragon Age, Inquisition, and Shadow of Mordor, but there wasn't really, like, any standout, like, you know crazy game that came out like we, there wasn't like a, a god Infamous of war or second a son Dead.
1: you know was more yeah, like, like the, a... the tenor of of games coming out and then bloodborne yeah if i remember correctly was the next year yeah bloodborne wasn't until
0: 2015 or si- well, 20,
1: 2015. yeah 2015 so yeah the year after we got the, bloodborne. the launch
0: yeah and so i think you know as far as as far as games being slowed being being a factor i think yeah like that's not necessarily a thing that's new uh to these console release periods and then also like there's just going to be a lot of crossover between games that are on both generations this time around, right? Like Destiny is going to be a game that's going to be out next gen. It's going to be on this gen. Rainbow but, Six uh, Siege, same thing, right? Like the, Cyberpunk. The, the
1: difference is this – we're doing it. It functions differently than it did last gen. Last gen, there were things like Metal Gear Solid Five that were cross-gen, but they were just completely different SKUs that you needed. And I think that this is, for the first time, going to incentivize people even more that – okay, here's an example. For people that – only have the means to invest in one console. They're either Xbox people or PlayStation people by necessity, not by desire, right? Mm-hmm. They go, let's say there's the Xbox people that were this gen. They got an Xbox One. They could never get a PlayStation 4. Seeing the PlayStation 4's lineup and how awesome it's been, like there is that thing of like, all right, do I just invest and get a PlayStation 4 now to be able to play all those old games? Which is how I feel like a lot of my friends, a lot of people I know would have done things in prior generations, wait till the end, get it on the cheap, play all the games i think this gen more than ever people are like more tempted to be like oh fuck it oh the playstation 5 is going to play all those games better but it does play all those games and i'll get to play the new ones you know what fuck it it's worth investing it's worth waiting to save up to get that to then be able to go back and play last of us one god of war blah 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 you know all those games that they might have missed out on because they were in a completely different ecosystem people like alfredo come to mind
0: yeah i i I think it's going to be an interesting time because, like, I think there's also, with that, you also have the the, the idea that you imagine there's going to be cross-gen play, right? Like, with Rainbow Six and Destiny being examples, and I guess Overwatch 2, because Overwatch 2 is coming out on both current gen, and I guess they haven't announced next gen, but you assume next gen. Um, you imagine that, like, people aren't going to feel as much pressure to switch over to new consoles if they're able to play with people that are on next-gen consoles. And that's not necessarily a thing that I think has been confirmed yet but that's just a, a thing that i'm kind of assuming that yeah like you're gonna be able to play with people um more so than uh like previous gens you haven't necessarily had that cross-gen play in a way that i think next gen are kind of you you're gonna, gonna kind of have to, be, imagine, right yeah because yeah, sure. like it, if cross if cross play is a thing right and people are cross-playing with pc like say i'm playing fortnite for example right like if i had a, if i have a ps4 there's no reason why i should be able to cross play with people on pc but like then not be able to cross play with people on ps5 who are also cross playing with people on pc yeah. like you, know, you imagine that all that works every, sure. every single way and so i think with that then like there's just there's i feel like this time around there's just a lot less pressure to to switch forward because of things like that also but we shall see now it's time to squad up uh scanners writes in to patreon.com slash kind of games and says hey blessing and tim I'm looking for kind of funny best friends to jump back into Apex for season five. The twist, I'm in Australia, the great down under. And so I'm preferably looking for KFBFs who are more in line with my time zone. I play weekends and sub after or between 7 and 11 p.m. AEST uh, or 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific time. If you want to jump in, add me to see when I'm online or shoot me a message on Xbox Live to organize a session. Uh, You can add scanners on Xbox Live with the username uh, Peregrine1313. That's peregrine thirteen thirteen. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in and let us know what we got wrong, as we got it wrong. Uh, There are a few people here that are telling us that Hyrule Warriors is, in fact, on Switch. Ignacio Rojas and uh, RHD16. I'm going to credit y'all with that.
1: Totally blanked on that. Not surprising, but
0: Let's see, Nailball writes in and says, "Per Games Radar, Jedi Fall in Order DLC is not planned. In April 2019, Respawn Community Manager said they have no plans for DLC and that the priority is to release strong a strong, self contained story." Interesting. Let's see. there we go it. yeah there we go for kind of slash you're wrong uh tomorrow's hosts are greg and me so stay tuned for that remember uh we're reacting to that ghost of tsushima state of play that's happening today mm-hmm. at 1 p.m pacific time on twitch.tv slash uh gamescast is recording on patreon today live uh that's after our state of play reactions the topic is what's the value of a 60 dollars game yeah patreon supporters that. please
1: write in your thoughts on that of what games should cost it's not just 60 dollars. like what what do you think breakdown models for pricing should be for video games and why
0: of course this has been kind of funny games daily each year and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about uh we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you